what is your soul's deepest longing? What does your soul crave to do in this one precious life that we lead? How can you live more wild, free, and full of spirit? If you have trouble answering these questions, you are definitely not alone. Our world that we are living in right now is begging us to open and answer these deeper questions of our soul's longing. But it is often that we get full of the day-to-day -day life and we can't hold on to that North Star. So what is a North Star? In Martha Beck's amazing book that I read probably 23 years ago, she talks about your North Star as a landmark. When nothing else, when explorers depend on the North Star, when they are in the middle of fog, when they can't see through the clouds, they find that one North Star. The same relationship exists between you and your life right now. Your North Star is your direction. It's that one little star in the middle of the cloud of your life in order to help you find your soul's craving, in order for you to live that this one precious life, wild, free, and full of spirit. So finding our way in this new wild world is a path of an important discovery. It's a discovery and a journey to go deep inside of the spirit and soul and body of who you are. It is a new life experience. So if you feel lost and you wonder, what do I do with this one precious life? How do I handle and live wild and free. And what does that even mean? My next guest is going to show you how. And she is, I would say, Elisa Robin embodies wild spirit and freedom. Um, absolutely. She is a dear friend. And also she is a just a successful, successful spiritual spirit. She's an amazing woman. And I'm so excited to introduce you to her today. So I want to welcome you to Om Your Power, a podcast brought to you by Soul Centered. Soul Centered is a spiritual center for anyone seeking meaning, purpose, and healing in the afternoon of life. We provide healing and guidance services to anyone seeking to make the shift from a self-centered to a soul-centered life at midlife and beyond. My name is Ariella Halevi. I am your healer and your co-founder at Soul Centered. So my next guest, Elisa Robin, she has a PhD in educational psychology and two master's degrees, one in geology and one in Jewish spirituality. In addition, she has trained as an astrologer and has studied with shamans and Kabbalists. She has just transitioned her 20 year career as an academic dean and has her own practice using all of these skills. Elisa is also a radio host on KUHS Denver. Streaming radio has an active blog as well and has published two books. She will publish her second novel in 2021. So Elisa, thank you for being here today. And I'm excited to have another one of our fabulous conversations. I love talking with you. So thank you so much for having me on. Great. So. I really want to get, you know, kind of dive into what it means to honor your soul craving. Like what, what is your story? How did you find your soul craving and how do you live your life on the loose? But it, it's such an interesting question because I think until I had learned enough astrology to actually dig into what that meant, I wasn't 
sure that I was doing that. I often describe my life as, for anyone who knows how to sail, tacking upwind. Um, you can also imagine it as sort of climbing a mountain on switchbacks. When you're, when you're going in that direction, you're actually never on course. You're just always getting closer to your goal, but you're never exactly headed where you think you're supposed to go. And I think that's the story of my life. So I, um, I grew up in LA. I first, I wanted to be, I wanted to save the planet. So I went out to school to be a forest ranger, to major in forestry and got, it didn't quite fit. Ended up in the geology department, um, earned a bachelor's and a master's in geology and started a career. Loved the science, very quickly realized that working in a big oil company was like living with sandpaper on my soul. And I remember when I left that job thinking, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I know what I'm not supposed to do. And I'm going to just keep being aware of, of where I'm not supposed to be. Mm. I then um, applied for a PhD program in, in psychology and they wouldn't let me in because I had no prereqs. And yeah, I figured, so what? I can learn. And I thought, all right, if you won't let me in, I'm not supposed to go there. But I'm supposed to get a PhD. I was able to get into educational psychology and study what I wanted to study. I came out and I kept repeating that pattern. I ended up as an adjunct faculty and then had a full-time job. And, and through that all, there was a lot of money struggles, a lot of personal struggles. I just kept realizing I had to go, even, even if it looked like the doors were closed, if I, if I knew that there was something on the other side of that door I wanted, there's a way in. And I, my story about myself is there's always a side entrance. So if you can't get in the front door, don't worry. There's always another way. There's always a way. You just have to figure it out. I, so I put myself through that PhD as a professional psychic astrologer. And I realized at the time that I needed to hang on to that because at some point I get through a career that built financial freedom for me. And again, that one was kind of wild and rocky and unpredictable and fun. And then, and then I realized it was time to go. I'd reached financial security, that's what I wanted. So it was time to leave. And there was the radio show and <laughs> there was astrology, almost as if um, somebody opened the door in front of me and just said, you know, you could just walk through this and be there. So, I think for me, living on the loose was being in touch with when the universe opens a door, when the universe closes a door, um, when you think you're ready to leave and move on and the universe says, yeah, not yet. That sometimes, you know, I feel like it's Hashem. Sometimes I feel like it's God just, just putting a road in front of me and it looks scary. But if the road's in front of me, I'm probably ready to walk it. Mm. That's so beautiful. I, I just want to say one thing if you want to continue, but you said something that like reminded me of, um, you know, in, in the work that I do, I talk a lot about the morning of life versus the afternoon of life. Mm -hmm. And the morning of life is, you know, usually before midlife zero to 40 ish. 
and then the afternoon of life is beyond. And, and you said something that really piqued my interest, which is I, I just knew what I didn't want to do. And, and I think often when we are, especially when we're younger and we're growing our careers and our families, and we're trying to figure out who I am, who, who am I? We figure out very fast, often what we don't want. We're not sure what we do want, but we do know after this experience and doing all these things, this is what I don't want. And I think it's part of the path. It's not, you just like, you don't just land there. You have to kind of weed out all the places that you don't want, all the things you don't want in your life in order to find that one soul craving. Right. You know how, so when I started and I said it was like tacking up wind or climbing a switchback. So the the difficulty with, with, if you can imagine, tacking up wind means you're sailing your ship into the wind and you're sort of sailing sideways to your goal. You can forget that the direction you're going is not your goal. At some point you have to tack, you have to turn and go the other direction. And I think those are the moments of, wait, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Tack, right? Or the switchback, whichever way you can visualize that. That's that moment of, I don't want this. Okay. I was never headed in this direction anyway. This was never what I wanted. And often I think there's a bit of a battle because people around us hold expectations, families, cultures hold expectations. And even, I mean, I was an academic dean. I was a dean of arts and sciences. From that position, many people apply for a job as president of a college. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, I was not going to be a college president. And yet the pressure around me was, you're ready. What do we need to do to encourage you? We know you can do this. And I remember sitting with friends and saying, yeah, I know I could. I so don't want to. I don't want that. And, and being able to accept that I did not want what, what seemed like the, the obvious next thing for me to do. So it makes sense to me that we can get caught up in going a little bit sideways. Mm-hmm. And for years, many, many of us get caught up and we make those sideways moves where we're, we're expected to do this. We're expected society, our family, our spouse, whatever it is, expects us or that internal drive of, you know, this is my own expectation. Mm-hmm. So we end up making these sideways moves until one day we wake up and realize this is not the wild spirit, you know, on the life on the loose that I thought I was going to live. I mean, often we see that in midlife. It's like a midlife crisis, right? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. Like, so you you heard the call and the pull to make that move towards towards academics, and you chose a different route, and you let the doors open. So, yes. do you feel like the life that you're leading right now is more on the loose than what you did lead or what you were doing? So, you know, it's so interesting. I think so many people think of life on the loose as I'm a gypsy, I I don't own anything, or I, you know, live in a little, you know, whatever, a mountain town. For me, life on the loose means I'm making the decisions about living fully who I am, regardless of my situation. 
Mm. So I was an academic dean at one point at a very uh, stodgy institution with purple streaks in my hair. With, I mean, like I, and with, I knew that at some point my creativity, my innovation, even though that's why I was hired, I would go head to head with their tradition. I knew that's where I was headed, but I, I was, I was still going to head there and deal with it when I got there because that's who I am. Mm -hmm. So I feel like life on the loose. I mean, there's definitely moments where we say, I'm going to do this now because, you know, getting a PhD may not seem like life on the loose, but that got me to my next step. So sometimes we, we just, you know, we, we invest in the future and it doesn't look like we're living on the loose, but we are. Now, my life looks a little more on the loose and um, I can say it probably feels a little freer and yet I'm realizing this is how I've always lived. Right. I've just followed that next dream, followed that next urge and gone with what, see, what I was called to do um, regardless of what the world thought I should do. That's beautiful. So your outer circumstances are not as important as your inner. Absolutely. That inner soul thread that's calling you to be who you are, no matter your circumstances. Right. Victor Frankl said it best, right? You always have choice of what, how you will respond, what you will do in a situation. Absolutely. Right. And if he could do it there, I can do it here. You can do it here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how does all of that, your personal history and your deep desire, and I know you personally, so I also know that you really do live life on the loose. <laughs> um, I just, you know, your spirit is just exudes that. I think it's a perfect, ex perfect explanation of what you do, because I, I see that as who you are. Um, well, how does that inform, you're welcome. How does that inform the work you do with clients? Like, what do you do in a when you see a client, why does a woman or a man come to you? Usually because they're feeling like they are trapped or they don't know what's next, or they've tried a therapist and a coach and a mentor and a guy, and they've tried everything and they are still seeking. And what I do initially, my, my first deep sessions with people is, and I use the astrological chart, I use the um, Kabbalistic way of using it, which is the nodes of the moon. And I talk about what, who were you before you came and why did you come back and what are you trying to do? What is your soul calling you to do? And reminding them that again, it, it, you can do that, you could be an engineer or a firefighter or a chef or, or a nurse or a doctor and live that soul's craving. It isn't the outer wrappings, it's the how. So my work with people, I think, is to try to help them remember that they already know that, but they've often been afraid to embrace it. So true. And I had a session with you, um, a couple, and one was spontaneous. And you know, just so our, our listeners know, like it's, it changed the course of my life. I mean, really, I was, I was just stuck in one place and you helped me, especially astrologically to understand. I love the astrology of it because 
it helps, it helped me understand where I come from astrologically to inform the choices that I make and just to continue just following down that road, you know, just like having that one, like the North star, like this is my soul's calling and this is what I need to do to get there. And like, it just, it really helped me. Um, just, just so you know, um, I'm so glad that did. Yeah. So what is your message to a woman who feels like she's been putting her life on hold that she really doesn't know her soul purpose. And, and, you know, like I said, in the beginning, the clouds are so full and there's so much fog. She literally has gotten herself to this point where she doesn't know. She can't even see that North star to begin with. What, what would your advice be? So I usually start with someone. I mean, one of the first things I do is appreciate where somebody is Mm -hmm. that you've not made mistakes. You haven't made wrong choices. You are where you are. And now we go forward. We always go from where we stand. Perhaps you've made choices that were really complicated your past. Maybe they have been harsh. Maybe you made choices that were perfectly in alignment with everything you were raised to do. And you feel like you can't leave them. Okay, that's where we start. But the world isn't over. Your life isn't over. Now you have choice of forward. And it doesn't have to be radical. You don't have to leave your job, leave your marriage, leave your kids and run off to somewhere else and meditate for a month. You don't have to. You can start embracing your soul bit by bit. Stop apologizing is one of my big ones for women. Don't apologize for who you are. Let's, let's just start there. And let's find out when you're truthful and do apologize when your choices you're making, you realize are off course, right? Find your course because I think the difference and, and something that startles people when they work with me is I, this is not about self-absorption. This is about, you must live the life you were meant to live for the good of yourself and the good of the world. And you said that at the beginning, the world is calling us to do this. So when I'm truly being myself, I happen to be not always the right way to do this, but I happen to be financially generous because I can, and because I believe in supporting things that, that resonate with me. I believe in kindness. I believe, I just believe in that as as a life choice. So this isn't about self-absorption. It is about the choice of being who I am on on the, the, I don't know how to explain it, but the, not who I've learned to be necessarily, but who I was meant to be. That's who I am. Absolutely. Well, that's what I always say is, that's the the definition of soul-centered. It's not about being selfish and self-absorbed. And I think so many women today, even though we're progressing and we're progressive and we've moved so far along the needle, Mm -hmm. we still have this belief, I think, from decades, generations and generations that a, a woman is here to take care of everybody else before her. Now it's not, you know, not every single woman feels that way, but I think, I mean, a lot of the people that I know and that I've worked with as well, that if you put yourself first, it is absorbed, you're self-absorbed. And 
I always think of it as when I am living my highest, truest self, then everybody gets to benefit from that. Then every little person around me that I'm raising gets to feel happier because their mom is living her sole purpose. And that to me is living in your soul and your knowing versus being self-absorbed. There's a difference. Right. Yeah. I think that there's a profound difference there. We see, I think, in many of the very uh, sort of new agey um, belief systems that you become very self-absorbed with your meditations or your journeys. And I'm I'm not criticizing any of those techniques because I use them, but that we become so convinced that it's about the universe is here for me as opposed to I'm part of something big and wonderful and profound. And my job, my, my soul's job is to live that soul's expression on this planet. Exactly. Right. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's easy and living life on the loose doesn't mean it's always easy because the choices I made were often more difficult ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it also sometimes means saying no and having boundaries and that can feel self absorbed, but it's about saying, I, I, I get to exist within my world and I have, right. Something I used to tell my mother all the time is you have the right to take up space on the planet. You're here, mm-hmm. right. You're just not supposed to take up everybody else's space. Right. Right. I, I was going to ask you, like, what does a woman do when she feels so disempowered? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, I think you pretty much answered it, but like, that's, that's what I think about when a woman feels disempowered or people around her, she has surrounded herself with people who are, you know, attributing to her feelings of being disempowered. How do, how does a woman have that like unwavering self-confidence every mm-hmm. single day to move past that and move forward. So first off, I don't think we ever do. I don't think we ever have completely unwavering self-confidence, right? Uh-huh. But I think we accept the fact, um, and I just wrote a blog about this, that you know, sometimes I'll have this evening where I'm thinking, I, I blew it. I didn't, I, I didn't succeed here. Or I wasn't good enough there. What was I? And then, you know, I remember I'm a work in progress. I, I didn't come here perfect and, and I'm not supposed to get to perfect. I'm a work in progress and it is that journey that is the richness I'm supposed to live. It isn't the end goal, it is the journey. Um, and, and for somebody I think who feels so disempowered, it starts with some recognition of what messages, what story were you told and what story are you repeating inside yourself? And let's start writing that story forward. And so one of the techniques I have people, it's a little different than visioning, but it is about writing your story forward, chronicling a story forward that in which you are living, acting in a way that maybe is counterintuitive to what you've done. Try it out. Try it out in a story. I have one client, I told her to go to the other side of town where like nobody knew her right? Like, you know, the other side of, of, of Denver and walk into a department store there to dress up and walk in kind and friendly and whatever, but as if she could afford anything there. And she was just joyfully 
having experience of, oh, I wonder what I would like to, to do today or treat myself to. I said, don't buy anything. Just go in with, and nobody knows you. So, they, you know, they're just going to accept how you walk in. Okay. See what it feels like to be someone different somewhere else. Go play that and see what it feels like. Do you like it? Do you not? I love that because it's like experiential learning, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's one thing to teach somebody like, these are your blocks. These are your old beliefs. These are the things that are keeping you empowered, but right. now go out and live as if those blocks don't exist right? and, and go and try it on and go try on new clothes, like a, tr a new identity and right. become that identity. I right. think, yeah, it's beautiful. Go have, go have lunch by yourself or go if you, if you've always done everything as a family with your children, which is lovely, just declare a day by yourself and go see what that feels like. It's going to feel awkward, right? but it might also feel wonderfully awkward. Mm -hmm. There's, I, I do think that life can be very frightening and that stepping out of our comfort zone and other people's comfort zones and in fact, that's the harder piece. I can step out of my comfort zone. Stepping out of my culture's comfort zone, or my, that was harder. That was a lot harder. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think about this book, her, um, the author was Julia Cameron. Also, I think I read it 25 years ago. Um, <laughs> the Artist Way. The Artist Way, I don't right. Know why all these, these old books are coming to me while I'm talking to you. But um, she talked about this one idea that you take yourself on an artist date. And it's something that you do with yourself by yourself once a week mm -hmm. that only involves you and what you love to do, even on a small level, like you said, take yourself to lunch or take yourself for a walk or whatever it is that's something that stirs those longings inside of you that you may be clouding over from just day-to-day -day life. And so that makes sense to me, like really just, what does it feel like to be in your own, in your own energy, your own body? versus everybody else's. That's where boundaries come in. Right. And what does it feel like to do something that would scare somebody else, but you feel comfortable doing? Um, so if I'm in a quandary about life, I need to move. I need to walk. Hiking mm -hmm. is best because dirt, walking on dirt is a little better. But as soon as my feet hit that trail, the best is being on the beach, is walking the beach for miles and miles and miles. And there have been, when, when things have been really rough in my life and I don't know what to do next, I usually find a way to get to the ocean mm -hmm. and walk and listen and listen to the ocean. I have great trust in that still small voice and that it will talk to me if I'm willing to listen. Absolutely. To hear things that maybe I don't want to hear, not just comfort, but what is next? Where am I? What, what, what am I? what's going on. And so I mean, that's profound for me. I also have an astrologer who I call and say, okay, I, yes, I know what's going on in my chart, but you tell me what you think is going on. And that will, again, spur a different way of thinking about my life. Yeah. I mean, I think we all need the healers need healers. You know, yes. we all need, we all need the help and to get more clarity, but to find the still small voice is still, it's part of our healing in this lifetime is to push out all the noise so that you can hear your own healer inside of you. Right. 
And that is number one. I agree. I mean, I have to say that um, I had a period there where I turned the news off, I think for two years. I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And now I listen to it enough to get the weather and enough to get the headlines. And then I need, I need to offer prayers about this, but I can't keep absorbing that. Yes. Because it, I, it will, um, it's, it's almost, it's physically too painful. It will pull me off course. I, I, it doesn't mean I don't care and it doesn't mean I won't do anything, but I do things within what I can do and what work for my soul and not what other people think I should do. So I, I do think there's a piece there also of, of, yes, I'm part of this planet and yes, I know what's going on, but I, I, I help at the level in the way that, that I can best help. Absolutely. It's protecting your own energy and your own space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked a lot, a little about astrology, mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's so unique what you do. So I'm so curious, like how does astrology, shamanism and Kabbalah kind of inform what you do with your clients? Like how does that all come together? Plus it's like my favorite three things. I know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, um, since I was a kid, I've heard voices, not, not, not bad voices. They don't tell me to do bad things, but spirit voices yeah. from, right? So I've always heard those. My spirit guides less often than other spirit guides, other people, um, people who pass when I'm working with somebody, sometimes that will come through if I let myself open. I've always had a piece of that. And that was not something that my family didn't totally disdain it, but it, it was not, it wasn't the direction the person necessarily goes in life. And I was looking for my own answers and they, I stumbled on things. I stumbled on a, a, a class on Kabbalah early in college, my first year. And then somebody who continued to teach that. And then people who taught about it. So I'm not a Kabbalist, but I know about Kabbalah. Right. Um, the, I, I stumbled across a woman who was a shaman and a healer. And I studied with her for, for three different for three years. She told me I would get a spirit shaman teacher. She said I, the spirit would come through and teach me. And that happened. And I met an astrologer and all of those things come together. So when I'm working with someone, it is that open to spirit part of me that works. The tools they see are astrology. The interpretation is a little bit Kabbalistic. The shamanism is the piece where I know we always are walking in both worlds. I have this physical world I walk in and this world that is completely real and true, but I can't live in all the time. That, that might be called the spirit world. And, and I, I always have to be, well, not always, but we're, you know, we, we're, we walk in both. And when I'm working with a client, I am in both worlds. So that what they see happening is one piece and where I am and what I'm bringing to it is, is all the rest of it at the same time. I have never heard shamanism explained like that. It is so true. And it's also Kabbalistic. You yes. know, we have one foot in this physical world. We're doing the dishes. We're going to the grocery store. We're working. We're folding laundry. And and it's, for me, at least, it's so hard when I forget, because we all forget that there's actually another world there. That's the quote unquote real world, 
this right. world, this physical world is like a, it's like a blip in the screen. And when we think this is all there is, I, I don't think I could get up in the morning. It's so hard to just live with the day-to-day, the to-do list, all the things that get us through life. And then what you described is like having that one foot in the spirit world, it doesn't always come through, but knowing that there's more to this, that when we add the spirit to the physical, life is wild and free and living on, that's what I take from everything you just said is that one thing like living wild and on the loose means spirit is invited into the physical. Right. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't have to look wild and on the loose to somebody else. Exactly. Right? It's your own personal wild. That's right. That's right. I, I know, um, I know that I'm that person that in a given situation, I've done it over and over again, is going to make the harder choice that is in alignment with my soul. Even if it means this job's not going to last very long. Right. I'm going to be changing careers or, okay, I get it. Okay. I get it. I'm still going to be in alignment. Wild and free and life on the loose is not necessarily always just doing fun things. Oh yeah. Right. But it is feeling deeply engaged. And I have learned recently too, that it, I, to be better at just being in the fun, that took me a while. I, I think I knew it before and then, you know, life gets in the way and then you remember. It's so much of this is just remembering that I can be fully engaged in the fun for no purpose whatsoever, except that I'm laughing and having fun. And that's profoundly spiritual. A hundred percent. And I think we forget that. And I think that's, I think that's a beautiful way to kind of conclude and just summarize that life on the loose is what you make of it. It doesn't mean you're going to be a gypsy in a van and go off and leave everybody. Although sometimes that sounds fun, but, (laughs) but life on the loose is what you make of it and what your spirit, your specific soul speaks to you about. Right. Yeah. And, and remember that gypsy on the loose in the van, she's doing laundry, she's doing dishes, she's cooking a meal. She, right. I mean, there's life is still there. It looks one way from the outside how we're living it from the inside that matters. I love that. I love it. Thank you so much, Elisa. I feel like I, even though I know you well, I also always learn from you. So I, I hope our listeners enjoy this as much as I did. And how can we find you? How can our listeners find you? I'm easy to find. You can email me at elisarobin at msn.com. It's E-L-I-S-A-R-O-B-Y-N. You can also just Google. Um, my website is alisarobin.com. So E-L-I-S-A-R-O-B-Y-N. And I'm on Facebook. I'm, my radio show is on KUHS. You can watch it on the Dr. Le- on Facebook on the Dr. Lisa show. And I'm pretty easy to find. You are. You are great. So thank you so much for coming today and, and joining us and helping us figure out how to live our life really on our own personal loose, you know, that wild and free spirit, what, what it means to us. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking with you and we'll, we'll have to do more of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you all for listening today. And if you liked what you heard and you want to share, please uh, give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. You can reach us on all social media outlets, join our Facebook group, like our page, and learn more about us at www.mysoulcentered.org. 
Don't forget to head over to our website and pick up your complimentary copy of Creative Kaddish, an ancient Kabbalistic ritual that will inspire and empower you in becoming a guardian of your loved one's story and support you in your grieving process and provide a unique way to honor your loved one. And of course, your complimentary program, Ohm Your Power, a seven-day program where you will learn and utilize some of our most trusted tools in consciously and effectively transforming the afternoon of life into the most meaningful, purposeful, and inspirational time of your life. So until we meet again, I wish you a heartfelt namaste and see you soon.